this uh, duende, this happens all the time? Not every time. The true duende is rare. It happens when the dancer is beyond being tired. So exhausted, he can't think. They can't stop either. The spirit of the dance enters you. For a moment, time stops. Pain stops. The body seems to move by itself. It is then that the dance can be truly perfect. I think my Zapatiado was a little rusty. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Eamon. You can't talk about your Zapatiado in front of Eamon. I know. You sorry. know this. A rusty <laughs> Zapatiado. Yep. Is that a, that's a sex move? That is a sex move. Kyle, explain the sex move to Eamon. Uh well rusty you know that involves a b-hole b-hole you can you can let your mind do the rest that's the move wait you have to explain it well, it's kind of like a it's a variant on a rusty trombone when we you're also kicking them in the nuts at the time mm-hmm. okay we're like kneeing them kneeing Fun. them in the nuts with the knee with the knee bend the knee <laughs> guys before we talk about this week's episode duende uh, why don't we play a little Highlander catalog game? This week, I'm going to be reading out of the 1999 catalog. Uh, and the way the game works is I'm going to read a description to Eamon and Kyle. And based on that description, they will try to guess how much this item cost. And whoever gets closest to it gets to give their review first and wins my respect for the rest of the episode. Are you guys ready to play? I'm ready. You can keep your respect. <laughs> you can keep your respect. Duende. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably should have read this one a couple weeks ago as it was more timely then, but we're going to read it now. We're going to talk about item 653, new design, Apocalypse Wow Tea. Uh, what? <laughs> New design, exclamation point, Apocalypse Wow Tea. It's a t-shirt. Yeah, wow. So is this related to the four horsemen? You betcha. War, civil strife, hunger, death. Not the type of guys you want working at the bar. Civil strife? Yeah. Who's civil strife? Yeah, good point. Hold on. War, yeah, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. War, War, death, civil strife. Famine, pestilence, war, and death. Civil strife. What does that Civil mean? Stri- Civil strife. Does that mean like workers striking? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't Is know. Is that that extra civil strife? I was thinking that. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, not the type of guys you want working the bar at your next Highlander gathering. I don't think you want them working anything. I mean. Yeah, where do you want them working? <laughs> I don't you want know. them unemployed. But they sure made for an unforgettable 100th episode. Mm. Equally unforgettable is the elaborately detailed... (laughs) I've already forgotten it. (laughs) Equally unforgettable is the elaborately detailed Four Horsemen relief-style screened logo on the back of this shirt. Quickening patch logo on the front. Wow. Apocalypse wow. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to flip this around here. 
You can see what it is. So this is a design based on, remember years ago we read those coins, those collectible coin things? Right. So they took the design of the coin and stuck it on a t-shirt. But it's literally like in a coin. Yes, it it still looks like a coin. Why? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't just take out, like, get rid of the background, get rid of the circle, just put the horseman on there. It looks like you've got a quarter on your back. It yeah. does. Like a shitty state quarter from one of those states that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. All right, so that's that. What do you guys think? Eamon, uh, I think you can guess for us this time. $39.99. Okay. Uh, $19.99. Eamon's $39.99. Kyle's mm-hmm. $19.99. Actual Wait, re- is this price to own? For a t-shirt? No. <laughs> Eamon, you win again. Actual, actual retail price for a t-shirt. <laughs> Fifty nine one ninety five. I'm getting ready to quit. What is this? <laughs> I'm going to look up the inflation while what you guys. The fuck? Let me see this T-shirt. Out. It's not a good shirt. Does this T-shirt come with a fifty dollar bottle of wine? <laughs> oh, they have extra extra large to extra 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 large. Yeah, they got all the larges. Don't lose your head. That's right. Don't lose your head. Well, I guess now that I can see the look of civil strife, I feel a little better, but they're cutting out pestilence for civil strife. I don't know. Does that mean that... What I think is somebody didn't know how to spell pestilence. It was like civil strife. (laughs) Why don't you just write illness? Isn't like civil strife closer to war than I think so. Yeah. But war is listed in that description, correct? It is, in fact, the first one. Hmm. Guys, ready for round two? Yes, sir. So I just there's a round two. Yeah, there's a round two uh, about how much that T-shirt <laughs> would cost today. Oh, a T-shirt, a T-shirt, one single T-shirt, one single T-shirt that cost sixty dollars in nineteen ninety nine would now cost. Kyle, you go first. I guess Come ninety here. bucks. Ninety bucks. One hundred and twenty dollars. Kyle wins ninety two twenty five. Jesus, ninety two dollars for a T-shirt. Gross. That's almost $100. You're right. For a t-shirt. <laughs> For a t-shirt. It's kind of cool. Very kind of. I mean, I agree that it shouldn't be the coin design. Like, it's... I don't know. Maybe it's not awful, but... It's bad. It, they could have done a little bit more work on it. It is like, they equally taken some unforgettable. Of this, it, that line, this t-shirt is equally unforgettable to the highlander 100th episode, episode that, that won a hun- <laughs> which went a hundred thousand dollars over budget it was so <laughs> so did this t-shirt <laughs> apparently that does not speak very highly to the episode no if you're if your episode of a tv show is just as memorable as a shitty t-shirt well you boy. imagine talking to somebody at like some highlander convention oh I did you see the 100th episode t-shirt. i forgot oh no man oh well check out my shirt <laughs> you got you got everything you need to know i forgot that too oh no well there you go war civil strife hunger death dodge poetry it's like poetry uh, you know, in that we had the bantha dung, and then later we had the poodoo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bantha poodoo. <laughs> Jabba, Jabba no bada. Guys, let's talk about season five, episode 14. Duende! <laughs> Very nice. This episode was first aired February 24th, 1997. It was directed by Richard Martin. Hey, hey! This is his second of nine Highlander episodes. The previous one we covered already was the Valkyrie. Second of nine is that a Star Trek? Yeah, it's a Star Trek character. <laughs> this episode was written by Jan Hartman. This is the only Highlander episode he did. 
which is kind of surprising. Uh, he also did some AB AB school. ABC school. <laughs> there is no Dino Dino not even ABC school. school. ABC after school specials. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, one of his episodes was called Alexander, and the IMDb episode description for that reads. The story of a retired clown and his undying love for children. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He also wrote a number of religious shows, including The Night the Animals Talked uh, Mm. in 1970. The description for that... Is that satanic animals? I wish. Uh, Satanimals? (laughs) Satanimals. Satanimals. That is an Adult Swim show. Yeah, <laughs> we just wrote it. It's yeah. like that. What's you that know dog? Find us, Cartoon Mr. Network. Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles. Yes, mm. I remember watching Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the IMDb for this other religious show, The Night the Animals Talked, reads: Common farm animals in the stable of Christ's birth begin to talk and communicate for the first time upon Mary and Joseph's arrival. <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> for the first time. <laughs> Are they freaking the <laughs> fuck out? They realize a miracle is about to take place but lose their ability to speak following the birth of Christ as they rush to tell about the Savior's birth. Wow. But they can't? Nope, not anymore. That's weird. Yeah, what a What a dark trick. fate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, also, he's dead. No. Jesus or both? <laughs> yeah. They also wrote The Late Great Me, story of a teenage alcoholic. <laughs> 15-year-old girl starts to drink liquor to oppress a boy and soon starts to develop a serious alcohol problem. Wow. How much did she drink to impress this boy that she gets an alcohol addiction? This has been a bunch of Jaeger bombs. <laughs> right? No, look how much I like you. <laughs> Just chugging beer. She does a beer bong. Yeah, a keg stand. Keg stand. Keg stand of love. Yeah. Mm. This seems like an MTV show. Yeah. Yeah, keg stand of love. <laughs> <laughs> this episode has some guest stars. We got Deborah Epstein as Luisa Hidalgo. Uh, this is her last IMDb credit. Uh, she's in this awful-looking movie with Ben Gazzara called Quicker Than the Eye that involved a magician at a UN World Summit and an assassination plot. Ooh. Cool. Yeah. Is, is, the, is the magician trying to assassinate or stop the assassination? I believe stop the assassination with tricks and hocus-pocus. Oh, boy. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Uh, it also guest stars Carmen Du Satoy as Anna Hidalgo. She was in The Man with the Golden Gun. How about that, Eamon? Yeah, she was a belly dancer. Boing. And she finds a golden bullet that she uses as a piece of jewelry to put in her navel, which James Bond takes from her using his mouth. How about that? Disgusting. <laughs> Garamanga. Scaramanga with his superfluous third nipple. Yeah, it's a major plot point. Yep. What's his sidekick's name? Uh oh, Flippy uh, Nick <laughs> Nick Knack Nick Knack, yeah. Played by I was close with Flippy yeah, Dippy. You really <laughs> Nick Knack. Played by um, uh, Hervé Villachez. Right, yeah. Uh This episode also gets stars Dolores Chaplin as Teresa Del Gloria. This is her second Highlander episode. Uh, she was Clarice in Reasonable Doubt. I think that was maybe who ran the brothel. Maybe I'm Clarice not sure. Clarice explains it all. Yeah, that's right. But. She is the granddaughter of someone very, very famous. Charlie Chaplin. That's right. Charles Chaplin. The Little Tramp. And finally, this episode guest star is Mr. Anthony DeLonges, friend of the show, as Ottavio Canzone. Uh, he, of course, has been in tons, including Masters of the Universe and, more recently, Arrested Development. So. Ah, Mr. F? Mr. F, indeed. Hmm. Of the Mexican Romneys. <laughs> <laughs> What a gag. Duende! Uh, Duende! <laughs> Can Anthony DeLonges, does he know how to clap? No! <laughs> <laughs>
I can make that ass clap. We got an IMDb episode description to read. Here we go, guys. Duncan and Richie go to see Anna Hidalgo, who manages some dancers, one of who is her daughter, Louisa. When Louisa refuses... One of who? (laughs) That's what it says. I swear, that's what it says. I believe you. (laughs) When Louisa refuses to tell her mother who she is seeing, it causes a rift between them. Later, when she sees the man, she says he's Octavio Consone, the man who killed her father. This is no, confusing. That's the person who killed her husband, not her father. Her father. The daughter's father. Louise's father. And they were never married, Keith. Oh, I guess so. It seems like Anna was to be thrown to Consone, but she was in love with her partner and was pregnant with his child when Consone learns... Of this, he killed him. This is hard to read. But because it was 25 years ago, it couldn't be him. But oh, my Duncan God. Knows, oh, my God. But Dun- oh, my God. <laughs> but Duncan, this is so rambly. But Duncan knows he's an immortal. And Who? He- <laughs> this is making me so mad. This is garbage. <laughs> he just threw up. I did. I really did. Almost threw up in my mouth. Why? This From is this IMDb. He has version. been dying. All recorded. Yeah. I haven't. Oh, happy best deal day to all the people That's at right. home. Oui, oui. Viva la okay. Uh, so, but Duncan knows he's an immortal, and he encountered him a hundred years ago when they pursued same girl, <laughs> and they had a duel with Consone, which Consone won. Consone reveals himself to Anna, and this is his way of getting back at her. <laughs> She turns to Duncan, who prepares to face Consone. That was the that's worst. the last that's... sense of this. She turns to Duncan, like cliffhanger. <laughs> okay, cool. Wow. And then Duncan looks at something. That was the worst one. This is terrible. That's that might the be the worst, worst one. one we've ever had. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, Antonio Consone on the episode Duende. You kill my father. Prepare to die. To die. How's it open? Duende. <laughs> that's right. So there are people dancing. In a dark room. Yes. The way this is shot is cool. I love this. Uh, this this is place is so is lit so well. It's lit also. That's just true. Yeah, this music is lit. <laughs> it's in Madrid in 1971. And they're doing that there. Flamenco. It is very effectively shot. Yeah. A lot of drama. Mm-hmm. I like the red and blue lighting. It's all like backlit. I do too. I will repeat the question. Can Anthony DeLon just clap? Nope. There's like... <laughs> He's clapping along and just like seemingly not at all with the beat of what's happening. Like I'm just like, is he just trying to throw them off? What is this? Is this some kind of weird syncopated Spanish thing I know nothing about? I don't think so. Now, I will say, I didn't notice this clapping thing. I was a big fan of the clapping. I didn't notice it was wrong. It's visually interesting, but like, amen. You seem to echo this. I just thought it was silly. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it lined up. I didn't, I didn't notice that it didn't line up, so. It didn't seem to line up to me. Huh. Just see, it kind of just felt like he was randomly clapping. It's that passion, man. Yeah. Duende. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. But he's, like, also, like, talking to the woman dancing, Anna. Mm-hmm. And he's like, show me your passion. Yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> and he's, uh, he he's kind of really looks like it. Mac in that he flashback does. last episode with, like, Yo. some giant sideburns and shit. Does. Got the Sean Burns. So he's like, I have an announcement to make. You will marry me. Yeah. (laughs) 
that Anna will soon consent to be my wife, which right. is the creepiest way of phrasing that. Do you consent? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, and then, like, all the musicians seem to, like, know what's up, they're I like, think. They're like, uh-oh. What's so the then, flamenco version of a record scratch? Dropping castanet. Smashing guitar. So then Anna reveals that, like, hey, like, I'm actually engaged to... To the man she was dancing with. Right. Raphael. Raphael. And I am with his child. And Which also, what does he, Consone, know about her? Apparently nothing. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, doesn't even know that this person, I guess he works with in some capacity, is dating this man. Yeah. And they're engaged. Like, he, this woman's clearly a stranger. He gross. He gross. And, but when she reveals this, he says, Impossible! <laughs> <laughs> and he also slaps her and in typical Highlander fashion calls her a punta. Yeah, and they, and then just to make sure you know what that means, also says whore. Yes, right. <laughs> he like leans to the audience. That means whore, <laughs> basically. And so she like falls to the ground, and then he pulls out a switchblade. Yep, and stabs Raphael. And then he threatens her in the face with a bloody knife mm-hmm. that she just stabbed her fiance with. Yeah, in front of like ten witnesses. Yes. yes. Yeah, why can't anybody do anything about this? this? Is what is his fucked up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like as soon as he hits that woman, those guys should all be on their feet. Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Yeah, here? fuck him up. Hit him with that guitar, <laughs> or clip him with those castanets just yeah. in his nose. Yeah, but he's like, for as long as you live, just know this: this was only the first cut. Yeah, uh-oh. it's a pretty big cut. What do you need more yeah. cuts for? What, like, what did this woman do that was so wrong, other than not randomly marry you? Doesn't make sense. It no. makes like he treats this like they have like a blood feud for eternity and it's like you're just a kook you are outrageously evil he's a very evil character yes. uh i mean i think this beginning's effective i'm like it's wow great. this is a good like yeah this isn't like a suspenseful opening but like it gives us a lot like we know this guy is like real bad news mm-hmm. it's high on style and it's like over the top evil right yeah. which i guess is a species of thing that happens in highlander sure i love the final shot cuz there's this staircase yeah. right in the middle and he's like walking up the stairs and kind of looks back at the audience and i love the way it plays with the opening credits cuz you got the blue light coming in down the staircase oh, yeah. and then you immediately cut and he's like walking away into the blue light then the opening credits start, and it's Mac, Mac walking towards you? towing towards you out of the blue alleyway. That is great. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a great marriage. It's uh, like poetry. Unlike it's the like marriage in this. Not so great. No, not no happy marriages in this one. <laughs> the episode proper starts, and we cut to Club Hidalgo. Oh, we should say Raphael's dead. Yeah. And she scratches his face. Oh, yeah. seemingly yeah. heals as he's walking away. Yeah. Mm. I didn't catch that. That's I, a cool I think little... it is, like, he, like, kind of covers his face, and then when you see him again, it's gone. Oh, that's so cool. So I guess that's supposed to be, like, the hint that he's immortal. Right. That's awesome. So we're at Club Hildago, uh, and the caption says, like... This is Anna, and it's 25 years later. Have and they I was ever like, done this why before? Why is this being formatted they like say, this? They also say her name in like two seconds. So like, yes. do they think you're not going to know? I guess. This, this is the only time, right? Right. Also, the, the titles are back to what they usually were. The Revelations titles are gone. Thank right. God. So that was only one episode thing, I guess. Right. Adrian Paul just wanted his own, his own little, little brand touch of, or whatever. Yep. Born identity. (laughs) That's right. It is a born identity style. All right. So Mac and Richie are in the audience of this club watching uh, Louisa dance, right? That's correct. correct. And Anna is watching nearby and she has a a cane. That's right. Yeah. It's like, ooh, what happened here? We don't know. 
Is it the same cane that Duncan used in the previous episode? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> <laughs> Richie's like, uh, duh, what, what, what is this, Mac? <laughs> people dancing on floor? Spanish people dance too? Oh <laughs> <laughs> but Mac is like, this is the solidas, I guess. Uh, which just means like solo dance in flamenco. Torn in dog. flamenco. And Richie's just horn dog, and like, he's just like staring at this, this woman. She's very beautiful. Also, all right, I did not take the time, sorry, to look all this up, but Mac is like, he's, she's telling the story of, like, her lover and how, like, he left her. And I was like, is flamenco dancing, does it have, like, prescriptive moves that mean things? Like, when you click your toe twice, it's, like, means something like, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe this particular dance tells a story. That's probably Is there, it. like, a song that goes with it or a synopsis that you read? And then you, I don't know. I don't know enough about flamenco. So I was very curious, like, why Mac knows that this is some story unfolding. Yeah. Interesting. Huh, I don't know. So after this dance is done, Anna takes the stage and she's like, ah, like, it's not, you can't just watch Flamenco. You must dance it. And so she tries to get Richie to come up to do it. And Richie's like, no. Nope. Why don't you ask Mac to do it? That's right, because Mac can show off in front of everybody. So just, just to point out, Mac, the last time he had to pretend to see an old friend from years ago, he had to, like, grab a cane oh, you're and right. wipe his you're hair right. and do all this shit. And... <laughs> This now time. he's flamenco dancing in front of a giant crowd. And it's just like, yep, I haven't seen you in years, but here I am. Well, we don't know how long it's been. We don't know how Mac knows Anna. That's true. Mac we knows know these people at, randomly. We, we know it's been at least 10 years, I'm yeah. pretty sure, since she's been injured, because he met her when she could dance. Right. You're right. So you think you can dance. <laughs> Part of this episode is that Adrian Paul took it upon himself to learn flamenco right. dancing. So that's why they stuck it in this episode. Yeah, he like asked. He's like, hey, I, I took like flamenco classes. Think we can do that? Like, And they were like, sure. And it worked perfectly to fit into this episode. I mean, it's great. Yeah. No, it is awesome. And he's a good dancer. So this is years and years ago. But like I somehow received tickets at one point to go to like a series of these three Spanish performances at the Kimmel Center. Okay. which is the big venue here in philadelphia and it was all flamenco stuff and seeing it in person is fucking awesome i don't know it's really cool i mean it looks cool in this and it's even like more different more different in person like when like you can hear like all the subtle movements of their feet and like you can really see their faces and like the whole thing i don't know it's awesome and like the music that accompanies it is always like i don't know it's got a lot of passion that's cool that is cool i I would recommend it to anyone it's like really interesting to watch so of course mac is like in the know and he can dance i kind of like richie here he like rolls his eyes he's like oh of course he can dance like i like that <laughs> uh but then we get a flashback madrid 1851 right mac is dancing and some women are looking pretty thirsty they are because he's got that pirate earring he's got a mustache, mustache. And a sweet vest and he can really dance and he's sweating and there's a young woman with a older woman tialita right and tialita is like don't look at him we shouldn't be here right you're getting all hot and bothered Put your tongue back in your mouth. She really is. And like, she, yes, yeah, she's like the she's wolf like, oh. in the droopy cartoon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, art, art. <laughs> her tongue, oh. like, yeah, rolls out of her mouth on it the floor. It forms stairs yeah. and her eyeballs <laughs> walk down it. <laughs> she is thirsting hard. Yep. <laughs> so after the dance is over, Mac goes over to this, like, group of men, one of which it turns out to be her father, and everyone's congratulating. Oh, good job Ed dancing, and blah, blah, blah. Who's there but Consone? That's right. He's there, the, too. The father says, Where does a gentleman. Learn to dance like a gypsy. Ooh. And Consone says, maybe he was a gypsy in a former life. Right. Which 
we kind of find out is true. Right. And this is like a sticking point for Consone. It's actually one of the odder bits of the episode, I think. Just because it never seems to... I don't ever know where it's going, but Consone has a problem with, like, Max, like, lineage. Like, lower class or right. whatever. Or that he's not a gentleman. Right. Which I am fine with, but it's not present at all in the present plot. Not really. It's I mean, like, I guess he... It's central to this back... Like, to all the flashback stuff, but like it doesn't carry through. It's yeah. not really a theme. Yeah, it's just It's a, odd. Yeah. It's, it makes sense, though. Yeah. I just never know what to make of it. It's a thing they've inserted here that is interesting. You're right. It's interesting, but... It's, it's just a little underbaked. Yeah. So Mac ends up, like, kind of making some jokes. Like, he ends up hitting on the ant. Yeah. To be like, oh, I'm, I'm here to please the ladies. Like, this beautiful woman here. Yeah. Not referring to... Uh, well, he likes a woman with some experience. Like, flamenco's all about the passion of, like, living life. Like, you need an older woman to, to know what that's all. like, Ooh. That's right. <laughs> But this young woman that was watching Mac is one of the gentlemen at the table, Don Diego's daughter. Right. Wait, is there a Don Diego in other media? In Zorro. That, okay, I'm thank you. I'm pretty sure there is a Don Diego. Diego. Okay, mm. just making sure. The Go ahead. double D. Yeah, the double D. <laughs> David Duchovny. That's right. Uh, so anyway, Mac offers to escort both of them home. So they leave and we get the screeching music and zoom in on Consone because he's, he's super jelly. Yeah, and he's like, there's like a candle burning in like a red basin like it's casting off red light he just straight up looks like a devil he's got like a goatee and he's bathed in red light and he's just like hmm. so we now cut to i guess their house and they're taking a walk through the hallways and kind of they've got like a courtyard and mac takes her hand the younger woman and is explains that he has serious intentions with her because you gotta lock that down mac but then she's like hubba 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 because she's gotta lock that shit down too and so they want to make it happen and so she's like ask my dad if you can marry me uh let's not yada yada through this too quickly because okay. she's like i love you and he's like you don't know me <laughs> like That's you don't right. he's like you don't even know me and then she's like well don't you love me and i guess he just feels pressured to say it back i don't know but he's like yeah i do love you like his whole thing was like you don't love me because you don't know me but he's like oh but i know you. but like what you know her or like what what is this ah uh. Was he just trying to see if, like, she really had thought about it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This, it makes no sense to me anyway. And then, and then, and then, she's like, oh, okay, then when you got to ask my dad to marry me. And Adrian Paul's reaction on this, he, like, leans back and looks to the side. He's like, well. <laughs> but also we know that he's she's just horny. Oh, boy. He's Mac. a horn dog. That's Mac right. Mac horny. <laughs> But also we find out that she's like a bit of a firebrand that like her teachers are like, you're too outspoken with your opinion. But Mac's cool with that. And as we learned in the last episode and echoed here, Mac has like grown increasingly sexist. So like in the past, he's like, he's like, that's cool. I'm OK with that. Like somehow in the present, he's a real dickhead. <laughs> yeah. He was a progressive for his era, but <laughs> and he's like, you don't know what I am. Which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. right. What does that mean? <laughs> just, no, he's referring to his should, immortality. Uh, set off some alarms there. He's afraid uh, of his immortality, yes. but like she's like, oh, we'll learn each other's secrets as right. time goes on. This is very like I thought this was soap opera y. Did anyone get that vibe? Yes. Like it's like a little yeah. over the top. Novella yeah, I thought that might have been intentional. So that's the end of the flashback, and then we cut back to the present, and Mac and Richie are leaving the club. Mac is explaining that Anna was the subject of a hit and run ten years ago, so she can't dance anymore. But she used to be the best. And so while they're walking, they start hearing an argument, and at the foot of these steps down by the water i guess anna and louisa are arguing and it's like three in the morning i guess anna wants her daughter to it's come home three in the morning they were at this club dancing like watching dancing until three in the morning they're party animals what is this <laughs> what is this place when did the show start 
Secret dance club. Secret dance club. In the underground world of secret dance clubs. I am a watcher. (laughs) One Of dancing. (laughs) They're about to intercede in this fight, and Mac gets the buzz, and a limo drives up. It's not my fault you're a cripple. (gasps) Slap! Damn. Yeah, right? So then she runs to the car. Yes, and so we don't know who is in the car. But it's his immortal. That's right. Who do we think it is? If it I, wasn't obvious. I think it's uh, Callus back from the dead. From the oh, dead. that checks yeah. out. That explains the gravelly voice. Yeah. I think it's Gregor. Hey, <laughs> know what I mean, Louisa? <laughs> Do the flamenco. Hey. Chup, chup, chup. <laughs> so in the car, yes, it's revealed pretty quickly who it is. Uh, so it's Consone. And he starts nibbling her fingers. Oh, what the what is this? <laughs> He's like, like, why is he like... Uh, it's so gross. And he like puts his teeth on the tips of her fingers. Like he's like, ah, he I don't know nails. what the fuck is he doing? It's so <laughs> weird and not sensual at I don't think. Well, especially while he's asking about Duncan McCloud. Yeah. He's like, hey, who's that guy? You know where he lives? You know where he lives. The answer ends up being yes. <laughs> right. I guess she does, in fact, know where he lives because they show up there. You're right. They're on a barge name basis <laughs> with these flamenco dancers, I guess. So now we cut the next morning at the barge. The barge is back. How about that? The barge is back and it's gonna something something. There you go. <laughs> but what are they doing? Are they painting it? It looks like it, it looks like they've got like some I was thinking like some sort of like tar paint or something. Yeah. So like weatherproofing the barge, all that sort of stuff. But Richie's like, ah, who cares? Like it's probably nothing. And Mac is like, we should probably find out who this immortal is. Like, yeah, we gotta know who's around. Right. But Richie's like, just because he's rich and an immortal doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It probably I does. That's like ninety nine percent. All the immortals you meet are asshats. Yep. So and all the rich and, people you meet are also asshats. In real life. Yes, exactly. This is a recipe for disaster. Anna shows up. And Louisa has never come home. Mm. And Max's like, I'm sure it's okay, blah, blah, blah. But he gets the buzz. Yep. And he's like, gotta step outside. He's like, I have to do something. That's it! I have to do something outside. In I'm the gonna... middle of a conversation, he's just like, I have to do something outside. It's like, Ooh, come on, make up a better excuse. And there's a weird, like, intercut of Consone smelling a flower and grinning. Yeah. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. So Matt goes out there to confront Consone. Does that furious look really for me? Here you are, living in a dump on the river. That's right. Wow. The barge seems pretty nice. I don't know. Just a gitano. A gypsy. Yeah. So. He translates himself a lot. <laughs> he does. Constantly. The whole time. The whole episode. Consone. <laughs> So uh, while they're talking uh, inside, Anna is explaining Duende, Duende. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Eamon, do you want to explain to us what Duende is? It's like passion and when you when you lose all your senses and just kind of forget your training and go with your emotions and it's kind of like getting in the zone it would seem yeah the zone. Oh, being, you go to the zone in the <laughs> being in the moment like that in sort of thing yeah when you're so tired you can no longer think and your body just moves uh Ooh. duende Hello. it comes from a uh, folk creature in like iberian folklore okay called the duende and it is uh, originally a contraction of the phrase dueño de casa, which is like the possessor of the house. It was like a spirit that would like sometimes make mischief in haunted. your home. Ooh, Ooh haunted. If like because of this notion of like kind of like being possessed right. almost, it like morphs into this other meaning. 
Interesting. And Federico Garcia Lorca gave a whole speech about how, like, this concept of, like, duende, like, features into Spanish art and literature. Interesting. Which is a very long thing that I did not read all of, but apparently it is well regarded. Lorca. Lorca. LTG. Little Teen God. So anyway, Anna comes running outside after seeing Consone and is, like, this performance is great. She flips the fuck out and so they're trying to explain to her that like no way this is yeah like she sees him from inside the barge like smashes her tea and just is like goes out screaming and she's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> also um her daughter is there and like tries to restrain her mother as well and she's, she's like, like mom, mom you're, you're fucking, fucking crazy nuts. like <laughs> that's 25 years ago look at him look at him <laughs> this whole thing is nuts because, all right, Octavio, <laughs> why does Octavio go there with her? First of all, how does she... Because he's kn- a piece of slime. Like, how does she know, like, she knows where the barge is, I guess, and can tell him, and then he goes there. But she waits in the car for some reason, which is good, because I guess she can't hear her, her man say, like, you have to stay away or I'll kill you. Right. He could really blow up his own spot by bringing her here. Yeah, like he almost certainly should have, hmm. but somehow does not. Yeah. And so just everyone just like, luckily there was a class reunion at Max Barge. Because <laughs> literally every character is there at once. But then Anna's kind of like, oh, wait, maybe I am crazy. Right. I found this profoundly sad just because like she is right. And like Mac yeah. and Richie end up lying to her throughout this episode. And I'm like, oh, man, what the fuck? Yep. They both lie. Concerning is evil. <laughs> But it's just manipulating this old woman. Yeah. So anyway, Kinsoni gives Mac an ultimatum to either stay away or he will kill him. So Richie takes Anna home. She's got a nice, if dated looking place. And Richie's just like, what's uh, no coffee? Let's uh, go for something a little stronger. And he right. just starts ripping shots because <laughs> I think he feels terrible because he knows that he's like lying. To yeah. Her. But then Richie says, you know, Anna, they say everyone has a double somewhere. <laughs> I've seen doubles before. I've seen doubles before, yeah. This is a, a false Tessa scenario. It is. But yeah, so she doubles down on what she saw. She's like, I know it can't be true, but it like felt really true. And she was like, it was like a knife twisting or whatever. So yeah, so Richie doesn't know what the fuck to tell her, I guess. And that's pretty much the scene. It's just a sad scene. So back at the barge, Mac gets a sword and dagger out of a box. That was just like, ah, guess that's been there the whole time. I was so excited about this. Anytime someone opens up a case to pull out like a sacred weapon, I'm like, fuck yes. It has to be a case? Yeah, I mean, How well, do you feel about the sword and the stone? That's similar. Is that, is that a case? No. The sword and the I don't case? I think it's a case. Damon case. Um, sword and the Damon case? No, it's not a case. What are we talking about? It's a stone. Yeah. You get excited when your sword comes out of a case. Do you get excited when swords come out of other things? No, because it's not hidden. That's it's like not a case. No, it's the, the reveal of like, I got a secret weapon. A uh, secret it's cool, weapon. man. Cool, man. Right. You're giving yeah. me some eyes. Huh? You're giving me some eyes. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So we get a flashback. Uh-huh. So we do indeed get a flashback. And Back to Ma- Spain. Mac to Spain. <laughs> and Mac has been learning swordplay from Consone. That's right. There are like a bunch of other students yeah. in this chamber. Of secrets. <laughs> yeah. And this style of whatever it is, is super cool. Mm-hmm. And this is what Anthony Dolan just kind of like brought to the show. Like he had been working on this style. It never really been filmed before. And he brought this to the producers and said like, can we do this? Like, and they're like, well, you got to come up with something more than just the swords. Like, uh, so he even came up with kind of his character and what the plot would be. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. This is gentleman's work, not like your gypsy dance. That's right. And he stabs him in the ribs with his dagger. And Max like, oh, shit, I'm fucked. He's like, 
in a line that will come back. He's like, mm. would you let a dagger in your ribs stop you in a real fight? It's like, oh, maybe. That's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And then we get a little steam bath action. Hubba, 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 hubba. Yeah, I was like, whoa. This one, this is a little something for the ladies. Yeah, Mac is uh, cut. <laughs> Mac is cut. Uh, Literally and figure. That's right. So I guess these two are supposed to be friends at this point. Because right. Mac feels at liberty to say that Teresa wants him to propose. And Consorti's like, <clears throat> He's like, say what? Oh, and there's more like ownership. It's like Teresa is not for you, and it's like, no, no, like stop it's, it. The ownership shit. Like it stops. It starts slowly because the phrase "not yeah. for you" is not necessarily possessive. Well, yes, no. It's but because then it morphs into yeah. like she's mine. She's mine. At first, it's like it's like a little bit lighthearted. He's right, like, Mac, like hits him on the arm. He's like, ah, you're joking around or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, like I'm he's the like, son of a chieftain, right? And he's like, you are a barbar- son of a barbarian. Yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah, this ooh. guy's not playing around. No, he's not. Uh, and eventually he's just like, you're going to leave Madrid or I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. <laughs> it's like, whoa. You went from being friends to being like death threat. Completely one-sided. It's not like Max doing anything to like escalate this. But Consone has been promised Teresa by Don Diego. So Consone is going to get in there. <laughs> And Max like, she doesn't love you. She loves me. Right. So I should be the one. Mm-hmm. And this is like, goes back like in the Wrath of Kali, Mac kind of has like this sort of line, like, would you deny her like what she feels in her heart? And that's... Kitsune's answer is yes. Yep. Don't give a shit. So we cut to the uh, home of Teresa at sunset, and she's yelling at her father that she doesn't want to marry Kitsune, and he's like, well, it's his decision or whatever. She says she'd rather die, and then Mac shows up, because he's like, I want to talk to your dad and see if we can switch this all up. But it turns out Consone's already there. I like their outfits. Their outfits are awesome. And the way, like, the the sheaths that they carry these swords in, it's like the oh, yeah. sword goes in the top, and there's, like, a place in the bottom for the dagger to go. And, like, the way he unsheathes it is nuts. Like, he pulls out the sword, and then he, like, flips the sheath over and, like, catches it and, like, shakes the dagger out. It's wild. It's cool. So they fight. This and... is a great fight. Yeah. Did anyone notice? I felt like they sped the film up just a little bit. And I was like, why just a little bit? Like, it's just enough, for me at least, unless it's like my DVD. Hmm. But like, I was like, this is just enough that I think it makes it look weird. Hmm. Why did you do it? It looks great already. Why did you do it? (laughs) Why did you do it? Yeah. But Mac goes down hard. He gets owned. Yeah. And Teresa steps up to save his life. Because it's just like, no, like, if you let him live, I promise I'll marry you. And, and I like, will never say McLeod's name again. Right. Never say his name again. And if she does kill him, if Consone kills McLeod, right. she'll be in a convent by nightfall. Mm-hmm. So back in the present, Richie's like, so uh, why do you want to fight this guy uh, using his own, like, this fighting style that he's a master of? It just looks like a big circle. Right. It's like, this. I like this line. He's like, this isn't poetry. This is, like, life or death. Like, yeah. you don't have to play this like artistic game with him you're like what are you george lucas <laughs> <laughs> also uh where are they what where is where this are you yeah, where are they they're like in he, front of a they're like big... at the uh, outside circle okay yeah or he just place. drew a chalk circle at some point <laughs> he's like well i'm better now and it's like well what if he's better too it's like mac have you been practicing that practicing this like every day for like the last hundred years yeah like, he probably has been <laughs> right it's like it doesn't make any sense. No. It was just like, I mean, it's dope. It's awesome. It's super cool, but like. It is super cool. But I'm just, but as soon as Richie's like, why would you give this guy an advantage he doesn't. I'm, just, be, I'm better now. And it's just like, yeah, not at this. Yeah, right. I'm better at a lot of things. Because it, because it all comes back to this. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it all comes. Crazy. No, I'm, be, I'm, be, I'm better now. 
<laughs> it all comes back. Maybe I'll come back to this. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bizarre. So this is a great visual joke you're doing, Eamon, on this podcast. I better know. Eamon, are you sick? I'm sick. Okay. I'm, I'm better now. <laughs> I almost didn't get that. I almost fucked that up. It all comes back to this. Oh my god. I have a library book to return. It all comes back to this. This uh, is terrible. Okay. <laughs> We just want to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for all you do to make this show possible. And it is not too late. Indeed, it is never too late to get in on the Patreon action. We have a new supporter this month. I'd like to shout it out to Emma P. Thank you so much for your kind contributions. And don't forget... At certain contribution levels, you will get a customized message. So if you've contributed, make sure you uh, send us either through Patreon or at HighlanderRewatch.gmail.com that you send us your personalized message so we can read it on the air. You supported us. We want to give it back. So thank you so much. Find us on Patreon.com slash Rewatched or go to Patreon.com and search for Highlander Rewatched today. So we cut to Anna's uh, place, and Max, like, getting sentimental, looking at, like, some old still photographs from that, like, 70s flashback we saw earlier. And Anna says she has no idea where Kinsone lives. Like, they don't know how to find her daughter. He's like, what about the other dancers in the company? Right. And so, but Anna's like, well, they're not going to talk to me because I'm their boss, and they're not going to talk to you because you're my friend, and they know that already. Like, they've seen you. They wouldn't you. talk to Adrian Paul. He's very handsome. He is very handsome. Luckily, so is Richard Redstone. That's right. Yeah. So they're like, Max, like, I got an idea. <laughs> My friend Richard Redstone will uh, creepily <laughs> try to stalk these girls. This scene is so horny. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on I, here? Uh, we have a workout girl and a girl coming out of the shower. Yep. In a towel. And for some reason, they decide that the woman in, yes. in the towel is going to answer the door. <laughs> right. like, for some reason, this woman in the towel is like butterfingers. Like, she can barely hold the towel right. in place. Oops, I almost dropped my towel. But like, <laughs> she's the one who has to answer yeah. the door because the other person, what, can't push pause on the VHS? I have no idea. Here's it's a so crazy, crazy thing. When I saw the woman working out, I thought this was the woman who looked at the dojo and wanted... Oh my god. The dobro? Yeah, the dobro and wanted to like she's renovate like it or whatever. And now she happens to be in France? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I thought was happening. That's amazing. Matt was like, oh, I know somebody that could help out. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Oh, you want to redecorate? Oh. <laughs> also, this is another one of these strange, uh, <laughs> strange instances that happens every once in a while in this show where they like they they seem Have like sexy girls. Well, there's that, yeah, like really sexy girls. <laughs> okay. No, that like they try to come up with some contri some contrivance to like get characters. Like, there's this weird mystery element. That is now inserted into this episode. It's like, oh, well, how are we ever going to find him? And it's like, well, now we're on the hunt for, like, clues on where he lives. Like, But it's like, in the last scene, Kinsone was like, I'm going to fucking fight you. And Max like, you will fucking fight me. Go fight each other. Like, yeah. two characters want to fight each other, and now they're not for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, that is odd. Yeah. Like, they I mean, should, I like, get say it. the time and place. Right. I mean, Mac wants to take care of business right now. They need to give Stan Kirsch something to do. Right. But he comes up with this whole cockamamie thing where he's putting on a show and needs three dancers and they don't know where she is. And then they say, well, we weren't supposed to tell. Right. But then they tell him 
Well, also, Richie's like, she'll never know it was you that told me. It's like, of course she will. Like, you're the only people that know it would seem. Yeah, if you're the only people who know, she will definitely know it's you. Oh, the music they play during the scene is also insane. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like it's supposed Bananas. to be like the workout music. Yep. Yeah. Where's but, Maurice? Dead. Is he? Now, in real life. Oh, in real but life. But I don't know where he is. They never give him, like, a proper send-off. R.I.P.? I guess so. I'll assume he's dead. In, nope. the, in the show. Sure. That does. <laughs> I mean, like, he's a guy that seems to have wronged so many people. I would never be surprised if he was just Someone like, just shot him. Shot him, or if he, like, just drank himself and fell into the river and died. Coca-Fan. <laughs> <laughs> he died in his own fat. Yep. <laughs> or he was peeping, doing his little peeping Tom routine and little slipped Maurice and his head. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Richie isn't going to give them the job unless he has all three girls, so they give him the address of Consone's place. So now we cut to Kinsone's mansion, and Max shows up in a fluffy white coat. This what is this <laughs> coat? Good God. Oh, my God. You it's don't think hideous. it makes him look tougher? I feel, I feel like he's, like, naked under it or something. <laughs> the way he's, like, completely covered up. I don't know if it's, like, cold that day or something. I think it must be cold. And when he's training with the swords with Richie, you can see, like, the air vapor. The air, air vapor? vapor. <laughs> Water vapor. <laughs> Coming out of his mouth because you could see the air vapor. <laughs> Noted sex pervert Duncan McLeod. <laughs> he like flashes the woman. Yeah, that's now. That, will you tell me that's, where he is? That's the wedding gift he has. He's gonna. Now that you got a little look <laughs> of my donkey, of his flippy bippy or whatever, <laughs> flippy dippy, flippy dippy. I call this one the flippy dippy. <laughs> that's a lot of talking I have to do. <laughs> we need a soundboard. Somebody make us a soundboard. <laughs> Of us of or us. of our uh, What you don't do is tell me the address of Antonio Cozzone. That's right. Hey, yeah. guys, do you remember the segment we randomly thought what you don't do on this show? We had to learn and a we lesson. we couldn't think of. <laughs> that was the problem. make ones up. We couldn't make ones up. Or at least I couldn't. It was, yeah, I say two of us couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was tough. Maybe we'll try bringing it back one day. Yeah, one day. One day. Wait, I'll is it find Octavio? Those files on my... Is it Octavio Consone? Uh, I think I just said Antonio. It's it Octa- yeah. Octavio. Yeah. Octavio. So this woman, Doctor Octopus. <laughs> Doctor Octopus. This woman's like, "You're too late. They got married already." Right. Also, in the background, you like too late. Looking into this place, I was like, "This place is clearly empty. Like, yeah. there's no one living in this house." But Max, late. What happened? They're already married. They so, married, baby. Bum so bum bum. We cut back to the last time he was late. <laughs> <laughs> Which back is, in Madrid. Back in Madrid, eighteen fifty-three. And Tialita has some roses mm-hmm. and doesn't look so good. No, and this is two years after like the last flashback, basically. And I guess he really is super in love with Teresa. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, I've never stopped thinking about her. I'm back. She's I'm a back. hottie, baby. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, but you're too late. And then. Cut to her grave. Yeah. Also, the Cradle makeup. Cradle to the grave. Oh, the, the, the makeup on the ant is horrendous. Like, the, it's like, it looks like bad Halloween makeup. She looks like Skeletor. She is the a Skeletor. The Overlord of Evil? That's right. Starring what? Anthony DeLongis. Oh, right. Who does he play in that? The Whip Guy. The Whip Guy. I forget his name. Whip Tusk. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. He's Kyle, a big character. Kyle, He's got the eye patch, does, right? What does Skeletor say to He-Man? Tell me, He-Man. <laughs> is the loneliness of good as lonely as the loneliness of evil? Ooh. Franklin Jella, I believe, is yeah. Skeletor. He is. He's awesome. <laughs> Both Langella and Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bad movie's okay. Like, it's not like an amazing bad movie, but it's a pretty good bad movie. Mm. It's pretty good. Demon. 
So then Max starts uh, like grilling the ant for like with questions like, yeah. "Was she alone when she died?" And so then we get this like little mini flashback of her falling, quote unquote, down the stairs. But it turns out Consone like I guess pushed her and was she dropped all these apples. Yeah, she was eating an apple and holding a big old, great big old bushel of apples. Right, and shoved down, which I guess is supposed to mirror the. Well, I don't think we mentioned this, but when the accident with Anna is mentioned, right. We actually for we get to see like a mini flashback of like a car hurtling towards her. Oh, and the roses, and she's carrying roses instead of apples. Whatever. That's good. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Hmm. That's good. That's it's good. Like poetry. That's good. Uh, like poetry. The Gungans are an undersea race. Jar Jar. <laughs> How is George Lucas perhaps our most cited character now? <laughs> Jar Jar is a reflection of the the psyche. Kids love him. Kids love Jar Jar. They hey, don't. His favorite character. He's for kids. I wanted Michael Jackson to play him. Is that for real? Yeah. Wait, what? Michael Jackson was going to play Jar Jar Binks. That would explain his catchphrase of hee 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 hee, Shamona. <laughs> Shamona, Anakin. <laughs> Sorry. Money now. Okay, so, so anyway, Mac is like, fuck that guy. I'm going to go kill him. And the ant does not think Mac can take him. Anyway, and she's like, if you fight him, like, everything she sacrificed is wasted. Like, she gave up her own happiness to save you. Don't fuck this up and yeah. throw your life away. I, I thought this was all really good. that you were safe. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it seems like Tialita kind of knows that Kinsone killed him. Yeah. Killed her. And Mac, like, there's no evidence of this. Mac just is instinctively like, it was Kinsone. Right. It was a- Unlike fucking reasonable, reasonable doubt. Yeah. Max all over the mop. The, the mop. Max all, all over, over the, the mop. mop. <laughs> He's a great janitor. No, he had the mop in the last episode. That's, true. That's my mop. <laughs> That's a UHF joke. Kramer, when he fucking karate kills all of those people to get his mop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that movie. Yeah, I do too. Movie. Stupid! <laughs> You so stupid. That part does not hold up that well, but it is racist. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. The still, supplies joke. I, I think him calling him stupid is funny. <laughs> yeah, well, that is funny. <laughs> no, there's so there's great stuff. The 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 Gandhi sequel. Gandhi 2. Gandhi 2. Oh, is that where he's all and ripped? he orders a steak medium rare <laughs> and then kills everyone with a machine gun? Conan the Librarian. Man, right. th- there's some gems in that movie. Yeah, they're all it's pretty stupid, but it's worth the <laughs> sure. Alright, so now we're at Club Hidalgo. I love the way this is all staged. Uh, Richard Martin has like a lot of like theater experience, and I think that comes through in the way he like sets up shots and like I think in some ways more concerned with like the emotional mm-hmm. like content of a frame which is good i don't know yeah well, this really amps up the telenovela aspect again because consone just to twist the knife decides to reveal reveal the plot but he's also Anna. alone in a club in the dark and somebody somewhere turns a spotlight <laughs> <Yeah>. on, like, <laughs> through that comes straight through the window directly onto him i like that is like a long wire and he's holding like a switch or yeah. something <laughs> and for the right moment nailed it he's like that looks awkward does yeah, it bother he's you mean. every day yeah i'm like he's mean yeah yeah he's mean he's he the, is mean the most evil human <laughs> so he reveals that it was in fact him who ran her down he's like and i warned you that like Raphael was only the first cut and she's like no no this scene ends with him walking like she tries to attack him he's just like yeah get out of here uh, and it ends with her basically where he was sitting before in that spotlight, like sobbing and reaching yeah. to the sky. This is pretty cool. I liked yeah, it. I thought it was great. very dramatic. It is. And she she asked him to kill her instead. And yes. Like, nope. 
He's the guy killed you. And this is what I think is ago. kind of paralleling the flashback, is that much like, you know, that there's this, like, exchange that happens that in the flashback, what was her name? Uh, Teresa. Teresa, you know, was, like, bartered with him to trade lives for Mac. And in this case, it's something similar is happening. She's know. trying to pull it off, but yep. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because he don't give a shit. Then Mac does find them. Well, he's been at Consoni's house the whole time. He just doesn't and he's just leave. waiting there. He's just creeping. And it's like, okay, so then Anna arrives home, and Mac is just like, hi, I'm here. He's like, well, where's Consone? And what's the Or Luisa. Luisa is, yeah. or, yeah, sorry. And Luisa's like, oh, he went on an errand. I was like, what kind of wedding date was this? Like, you just got they married. Just eloped. I don't know, the, but the, the, the housekeeper doesn't seem too surprised that a guest has shown up with a gift. Like, there must have been other guests. Because she's like, oh, you're late for the wedding. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a little strange. And it's like, oh, so after the wedding, he was like, oh, I got to go to the store for a while. Like, I'll see you later. <laughs> got like, buy condoms. <laughs> yeah, got to buy condoms. Kitsune is not a guy who uses condoms. Still don't trust it. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no very <way>. true. <laughs> There's one thing I know about Kitsune. Yeah. Duende. Or <laughs> <laughs> to do it like Anthony DeLongis. <laughs> he was moved by the spirit. He was moved by the Duende. <laughs> So Duncan's like, he's been married before. Yeah. And, and she's like, I don't care. Right. So he gets the buzz. Consone's on his way. So he just like grabs her, throws her inside. And then she ends up like kind of camping out inside, like, she's, like watching. Creeping. Yeah. Then we get a little Mac Consone showdown. And he just instantly admits yep. to murdering Teresa. Just like no prodding, no poking, just immediately. Oh, hey, Highlander. Yeah. Remember when I uh, murdered your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> My wife? My wife. And he shouts it at the top of his lungs mm-hmm. so that Louisa can hear it. And then he's also like, you know, she'll never get away from me. She's mine now. If she has a husband, I will kill the husband. If she has a daughter, I will seduce the daughter. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Uh, if she has a puppy, <laughs> I will teach it bad manners. <laughs> yeah. I will spread peanut butter on the tip of my penis oh, and lick the puppy. Lick it off. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, anyway, I guess concerning also reveals that he is not going to keep around Teresa much longer anyway. She will not live much longer. Right. Uh, and he also makes some shitty comments about, like, beauty fades. Like, so he seems to get these hookups and just kill people. And then we just like, fuck you, you fucking dick fuck. <laughs> yep. And he's like, ooh, this was not a smart decision. And so Mac sends her away, and now Mac and Kinsone are going to throw down. Yeah, and I think this is why Mac is wearing this stupid fucking coat. It was just so that he'd be in white and Kinsone would be in black when they square off, uh, like, before they take their coats off. Interesting. I think it's only for that visual. Interesting. that coat sucks. <laughs> I can't remember it's if that coat It's a very not McLeod coat. It's, it's, it looks too fancy. It, it looks, looks like, like dead Nikki, animal. Nikki Ward's coat. A Nikki Ward coat. Future is a critic. Everybody's a critic. Nikki Ward. So they go, I guess, into Kinsone's backyard or some somewhere. This is huge. Huge. Uh, but this is a cool location. This is at some mansion. Uh, apparently, you could, like, it's right outside of Paris, I guess. And oh, really? Originally, this place was picked, well, because it's huge. Huge. And you could see the Eiffel Tower in the background. Wee wee. They thought was cool. But because it was a cloudy day. Didn't matter. Nope. Didn't matter anyway. Poor raining. Yeah. So let's talk about this fight. How's it go down? This is cool. They're doing the sword and dagger set. What's the name of this? Uh, The the mysterious circle. Probably should have looked up this. Sure. Done some more work on it. I didn't. But (laughs) anyway, this is cool because this is like 
they set this up that it's really long. I don't think they've ever done like a time lapse in the middle of a fight, but they like are trying to set up. I think carrying on this Duende theme that like oh like you get so tired and to like throw back in Consone's face's line that like this isn't like your gypsy dance, like, right? But it is like your gypsy dance because mm. he needs to feel the passion to win. And this time lapse thing happened kind of by accident. Like they ended up shooting at night as well as at sunset because. The rain was such a problem. They were like, well, why don't we just try to wait? And they just waited longer. And then it just didn't stop raining. And they're like, well, we got to just keep moving along. So then they decided then to do the time lapse thing. When the fight is When done. the fight's over, it finally stopped. So yeah. perfect. But I guess him uh, and Adrian were sliding all over the place. This looks hard. Yeah. And this looks like a really hard fight to do. Yeah. And they did this like overnight. This is nuts. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. And, and once the night, once night falls, like the rain becomes more obvious like it is falling in sheets. I think it's because it's digital. <laughs> oh, the rain! They night. added more rain, rain because they couldn't. You couldn't really see it in the film, mm. so they uh, put it on top of it. That's but you're right; funny. it does look like it's raining quite a bit. So, how does this fight end, Damon? Concerning. Also, just watch this fight. Yeah. we're not going to do it's it justice. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's, fucking it's cool. really cool. It's also really cool because they keep on like sp- keeping with the circle theme. Like the camera is spinning kind of around the fight most of the time. And then they also do a bunch of shots of the fight from above so you can see the circle and the way they're moving around it. It's awesome. It's good. And the circle has like a cool diagram of like a figure like a and human all these body. different feet and lines. Right. It's a neat little drawing. It almost looks like that Da Vinci drawing. Yeah. Like the Vitruvian man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Consone stabs McLeod and kind of a throwback to their training sequence McLeod shoves the dagger in further. I think it's the sword. Or the sword. Yeah, it's yeah. the sword. And so he takes away, like, Consone's, uh, like, range. Mm. So now Consone's attack will not, like, work, I guess. Like, he's mm. taken away any sort of range he has. It's like uh, the Orokai guy in Lord of the Rings. He oh, pulls that's right. Oh, he doesn't be- get beheaded two mm. seconds later. Yeah. So Max somehow gets the dagger out of Consone's hand, and then... Somehow using these very small daggers <laughs> yeah. beheads him. I don't think the, the, the math works on this one. No. It's but cool. It's cool though. I like it. Yeah, it is cool. But yeah. I just don't think they're I long give it enough a pass. To... Yeah, I give it yeah. a pass too. I yeah. think it's I and I even like the, the, the drama of like they do a zoom in on Kinsone's face like when he's like, Oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and then when, when Mac beheads him, they kind of pan out. Yeah. And Mac spreads his arms and it's pretty cool. It's cool. Uh but Mac is Learned his lesson. So Consone, I guess, kind of predicted his own defeat. Yeah. A little bit. It's like poetry. Yeah. It's like poetry. <laughs> Dark uh, Maul does a kickflip. Oh, God. Kickflip. Like it's on a skateboard. Yeah. Dark Maul. <laughs> Did you fingerboard? <laughs> Isn't Darth Maul a bonus character in some skating game? Uh, he might be a Tony Hawk. <laughs> Man, you're right. Uh, does he does the does he does the force? Does, does he, he does the force? He yes, does does and... the force. <laughs> does he do the force to like grab his board? Sure, why not? Bring I don't it know. Back to him. That would be cool. Star uh, Wars. <laughs> this this quickening is ridiculous. Uh, there are giant like conical hedges, mm-hmm. and there's just like flame jets behind them, just launching out <laughs> pillars of fire. Is this the biggest? And then quickening? the Fourth of July goes off. Huh? Is this the biggest quickening we've seen? It seems like it to me. Uh, it's maybe still carrot, but carrot. That's right. Well, that the enormous explosion. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is, is pretty awesome. big. This though. is crazy. Yeah, this yeah. this one's like a little goofy though. It looks like a fireworks display is going off behind. Him. I kind of love it. I love. The I mean, I kind of love it too. But it's like there's a big rectangle. There's a big rectangle. There. What other shapes are there? 
There are circles. What other shapes? <laughs> there are cones. In general? Yeah. Rhombus? Uh, so there's rhombus. Octagon? Uh, he's holding both daggers, and oh, it's yeah. like... <laughs> Something about the daggers is kind of goofy when he's holding the two of them above his head. Like, it would have looked dope with two swords, but with two daggers, it's like... Meep, meep. So we get two tags after the quickening. So first we cut to Anna's place. Mac shows up. And he's like, you don't have to worry about Kinsoni anymore. And Mac takes a shot now, like which I thought was kind of funny mirroring the deal Richie had to do earlier. But they won't, like, take a hint. <laughs> no. Like, well, Mac's like, she's like... She's like, what? Did a mountain fall on him? Did the earth swallow him up? Not exactly. First, the mother's like, we should not ask any more questions, because she now knows what's up. It's like, Jesus. Well, what's, what's the thing? What does Mac say that makes them know? You're a widow. Yeah. Oh, he says you're a That's widow. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus says, Christ. Yeah. yeah. Also, the amount of celebrating. Did anyone? Did it bother anybody how much they were celebrating, especially the mother? There was well, like the, a weird... No, the mother. This is Maybe like, the mother made sense. This is like a demon who has taunted her. You're right. The mother makes sense. It just seemed to be this weird tonal shift. It's like the amount of trauma that the woman has just gone through. Like, she's been seduced by this guy who's like a murderer. She just married him this day, and now he's dead. And everyone's like, yay! Like, jumping <laughs> up and down. She, like, grabs her hand. Yay, we did it! It's like, Jesus, I, I don't know if I'd ever she feel that way. She did just overhear the guy saying, I will kill her. I guess And so. stalk her to the end of time and seduce her children. Duende! So. <laughs> All right, maybe you're right. But it is a traumatic event. It's very traumatic, and it just seemed like everyone like was very happy. Yeah, yeah. Happy, but they were like crying too. It was I like guess a so. relief. Uh, so then the last tag on the episode is back at the barge. Richie and Mac are talking, and Mac comes up with this analogy about like you know, Consoni thought this was all about like control and precision and all this sort of stuff, and Mac is using that duende aspect of dance. He's like, that's why I won the fight or whatever. So. Mm. And they're smoking cigars. Yeah, right? What's they're that very about? Very slowly. He's is it because there was a wedding? cigar cutter. And, and I think it's because Richie smokes. kidding. That's right, because he's haunted yeah, by a ghost. Because he's haunted by Alec. <laughs> and Richie lights the cigar with a lighter as opposed to a match. That's right. Which is a big no-no. Hmm. To people who know such things. To people who know. Money, Money no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't know. That's one of those things that I'd be shocked if someone could actually tell what the difference between lighting a cigar with uh, a lighter versus a wood match yeah i'm prepared to be proved wrong but i'm calling bullshit yeah i i have always heard that and i've had like a i've heard that from the movie hellboy but hellboy hellboy so i don't know who knows I, I've never I've never noticed really a, a difference, but uh, in your experienced cigar smoking my limited, career, no, I don't smoke cigars. Well, I don't smoke at all, but it's for the best. Sometimes yeah. a cigar is just a cigar. That's right. I hear that, and that's this episode. It's a big black dick. Oh, ho, ho. sometimes. <laughs> wow. Okay, <laughs> let's play a game. So we are going to play a rousing game of Watcher to In this, I will read you clues from the website YouTube, and you will have to guess which Highlander episode these clues are referring to. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Round one. Joe looks like one of the Baldwin brothers. Joe looks like one of the Baldwin brothers. Um, Brothers in arms. No. Damn it. Glory days. No. Good guesses, though. Question two. If immortals really did exist, I'd fucking hate them. I'd be hunting them down like James Horton was. Oh, the hunters. hunters. No. Uh. And the final clue. Holy shit. Amanda is actually going with the girl to steal that guy's car? The colonel. Yes. Ah, shit. Q. 
Keith has. Wait, why was Horton referenced? I have no idea. <laughs> no one, what a red herring. What the fuck? I'm uh, that there. comment is insane, by the way. Yeah. All right. That really threw me off. I was like, oh, it's the Colonel, but it the can't Colonel. be. Keith, can you uh, read me the score so far? The score is currently Keith won. Kyle, fucking nothing. <laughs> Yeah, to put it that way, but fine. Okay. We're playing golf rules on this one, so. Golf rules. Oh, no. Closer to zero? Wait, closer to zero. Closer to zero? Yeah. <laughs> In golf, if you have zero points, you, <laughs> you win, right? You win. If you don't hit the ball at all. Yeah. <laughs> Round two, question the That's first. That's not what that means. What? That's not what the zero means in golf. I know. <laughs> zero to hero. I watch these episodes for what they are and not for what they aren't. What they are is entertaining. Oh. And I didn't get to see each episode back in the day. <laughs> oh, that feels like the comment left on a bad episode Obsession I got nothing no, on this one not obsession. Okay, question the second I can't decide if the opening music makes me think Of James Bond or Speed Racer more oh, Richard, uh, Ransom Richard Jensen Yes Damn it <laughs> Even though you kind of screwed that yeah, What do you mean? I was like Keith has two points How many points do you have, Kyle? Oh, let me uh, let me get on my abacus. Okay. <laughs> the third clue for that was: Did Adrian Paul need that cane at the time? He's certainly using it more than needed for the show. What kind of insane question? Or I, are they not aware of acting? <laughs> <laughs> did Adrian Paul really need that cane? Is Adrian Paul really four hundred years old? He didn't. He didn't need to be that old to play this part. <laughs> they could have hired a normal aged actor. <laughs> question the third. Round one. Adrian Paul should have won the Oscar. Oscar is spelt O-S-K-A-R with his Duncan Barbarian. LOL. Just loved it. Duende? No. Um, Family Tree. No. Good guesses. Clue two. Seems like there's a subtle yet invasive agenda that attempts to promote oh the Roman Catholic Church. What? Maybe what? it's my imagination. Wow. Wow. A subtle yet invasive agenda. Through a glass darkly? No. This is where the cross of St. Antoine? No. That's amazing. The third clue. I mean, we can all agree that papists have invaded Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> what a strange episode. There is a immortal killing Anne's patients, and nobody finds it suspicious. There is a doctor they don't know walking around. Kyle. Floor. Yes, Kyle. Song of the Execution. Yes, sir. Kyle gets a point. Hooray. I guess there was a Catholic, there's some Catholic shit in that. Some yeah, shit. right? I can't even think what that would have been. Round. Well, I guess there's the monastery and there's the Gregorian chanting. Oh, right. Huh. Interesting. Round four. Clue the first. This show is never much for historical accuracy, but giving Bonnie Prince Charlie a Scotch accent? Through a glass darkly. No. Fuck. Kyle, do you have a guess? Uh, yeah, I do. <sighs> it's Take Back the Night. Yes, that's correct. Damn it. It's tied up, baby. Dosey right. dose. So this will be for all the marbles. Were there any other good clues on this one? Okay, where did Kierdwin and her husband park the car? That dude walked a long, bloody way to get it. No parking near the restaurant? <laughs> That's good. It's also pronounced Sidwin. Sidwin. And the second one was, uh, why does she have that symbol on her head? Was she a ninja in the Leaf Village? Did she know Naruto? Naruto jokes. Hey Naruto. In the final round. For all the marbles. The villains of Highlander don't last long, except for Xavier St. Cloud and James Hortons. <laughs> Smiley face. Kyle. Yes, Kyle. 
Duende. Yes, that's correct. Oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck you. Wait, Keith, uh, how many points do you have? Fuck. <laughs> Kyle wins. Three to two. Good job, Kyle. I wonder if the katana was upset that Duncan cheated on it with another sword. It was. That could have been Homeland. You're right. It could have been Homeland. Bullfighting, mastering fierce stallions, the circle of death, and the flamingo. <laughs> there is something about Spanish culture that is quite appealing. Olay! <laughs> oh, my God. Congratulations, Kyle. And congratulations, Keith, on a well-fought round. That's right. Congratulations, Keith. I was stabbed in pre- the ribs, but fought to the last stroke. On your premature taunting. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Premature taunting. <laughs> All this Star Wars shit. Anyway, we can't stop. Guys, let's talk Watcher Chronicles. Then I'll see you in hell. Oh, boy. We got one. I forgot about that one. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Interesting that people in the Star Wars universe have a conception of hell. Yeah, what's what if that like ours? <laughs> Very good. All right, so our Watcher Chronicle today, we got Otavio Consone, born 1442, Madrid, Spain. First death, 1481. Duel of Honor is how he died. All right. First teacher, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. Really? What? Yeah. Just because they were both nominally Spanish and, adjacent? And Ramirez isn't really Spanish. And wait, what year was this? 1481. 1481, okay. And when when does Connor McLeod die? That's something I can't pull. Yeah, I Sorry, I'm a bad Highlander fan. I don't know his birthday. <laughs> anyway, original cultural affiliation, Spaniard. Yeah, Not Ramirez Spanish. Really fucked up with this one. Yeah, right? This guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, fuck you, Ramirez. That's the spirit. Recent base of operations, Paris, France. Occupation. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Rich guy. Yes, independent means. Mm. And his watcher is Eduardo Real. Here's his chronicle. If you look up slime in the dictionary, <laughs> you'll see a gelatinous substance. <laughs> Name of Octavio Consone. Octavio Consone's problem was that his world kept getting smaller. Born a Spanish nobleman, the world was his for the taking. He was a court favorite, and after losing to a cheat in a duel of honor, oh, a cheat too, uh, he was mentored by the queen's lover, Ramirez, who opened more vistas to him. The queen's lover? Hey, yo. This is like retconning Highlander 1 history now. Uh, he invested in the conquest of faraway lands, and his resulting wealth freed him to explore the world he enjoyed much more than any other, then within the mysterious circle. So this guy's also like a shit shithead conqueror too uh but empires fall and the power of spain withered and nobility falls and with it consone's power his world closed in he dabbled in the arts but he found anna hidalgo his obsession all he saw was her insult to him and his revenge mcleod took that revenge away and he retreated to the one place where he was still the master and the world was still his for the taking the circle then mcleod took that away as well mac took his revenge away i don't know i don't understand that I don't either. Because he told the daughter the truth? I think so. I think that's Mm. it. it So he retreated very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Like he retreated like from one to the other very immediately. And I'll also mention in uh, one that I don't have here written out that in Richie's Watcher Chronicle for this, it's like Richie decided to take a week off from fixing up the hotel to come up to Paris to visit Mac. And I was like, oh, they're sticking with that. Yeah. How about that? Great. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Great. I'm sure Trump Marina will leave him soon for. Also, literally anyone else. Yeah. Also, if he's still with Trump Marina, like he was hitting on these girls hard in Paris. That's yeah. part of that. That was part of a character, though. 
But in the when he first saw uh, Louisa, Louisa, he was like hubba hubba. He's still he's still uh, still a guy. He's still a red blooded American. He's still got eyes. Oh, I mean, oh, uh... Let's talk about this episode. Oh, also, I should mention that in the Watcher Chronicles, it also mentions that Louisa got all of Consone's money. Damn, nice. <laughs> great. <laughs> Making paper, get that money, girl. Yep. This is a good episode. Oh, this really? This is a great episode. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Anthony Jalondis is pretty goofy, but I appreciate it. It is. It's okay. I think it works for this villain. Like, I like how over the top he is. It's very over the top. If you view it as kind of a species of like a telenovela thing, it kind of works, Mm -hmm. though. If you try to take it like a little more straight ahead, it fails from being just so evil. You know what I mean? But like, he really does have that like cackling soap opera villain feel. Mm -hmm. He seems more evil than Kronos. <laughs> he kind of does. Yeah, he does. But the stakes are so much lower. Right. But it is like a really nefarious plot. Yeah, to just ruin someone's life over and over and over yeah. again. And just like completely out of spite. Yeah. For no re- like to, for a minor dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not even a dig. You just wanted something and you couldn't have it. Right. It's like, oh, go out on a date with me. I'm sorry, I'm already dating someone. There are no other women! (laughs) I'm relieved this episode was good because I've been hearing... I hadn't seen this episode initially. Mm. And I've been hearing about this episode so much. It's a lot to live up to. So I'm glad it wasn't disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. The D in Duende stands for... Disappointment. (laughs) No, it doesn't, actually. It sounds for delightful. Yeah. It stands for delongus. Delongus. <laughs> it's delightful. It's the lovely. It's delongus. <laughs> He'll stab you in two. Very good. He'll stab me in two. So like I'm in one piece and then he stabs me and I'm in two pieces. That's, That's right. a big sword. That is a very big sword. Ooh. But yeah, no, this episode is great. The fights. I mean, this is like some of the best sword work you see in anywhere. Yeah great filmography it is it feels it's very filmic like the filmography yeah filmography cinematography that's right (laughs) yeah uh but yeah this feels like a movie i think like it goes to a lot of locations that are really cool like i don't know it feels big yeah the the flamenco stuff stuff is all awesome yeah it's great it's got like these nice thematic parallels between the dance and the fighting which is fun to develop the I kind of wish the, the fighting. The, 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 the I kind of wish the class the thing was like more relevant. Yeah, but yeah. it's like a basis for their conflict because their conflict seems to just emerge out of nowhere, right? And the stakes, like, and the conflict just gets ratcheted up to a thousand instantly. Because because Consone is just like an asshole. That's yeah. like the plot. The plot is Consone is just the worst human alive. Yeah, and then it goes from there, and he'll just kill whoever he wants for very slight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. reasons but again viewing it as a telenovela i'm fine with that yeah it's high drama good flashbacks there are like four or three or four sword fights in this episode yeah there's it's nuts and they're complicated sword fights they're yeah wildly complicated and they're shot complicatedly because you keep on doing these like elevated yeah and like crane shots so you can see the way they move around the circle you know we make fun of ap a lot on this show <laughs> do we what <laughs> what huh but he had to do a possibility. so much. <laughs> There's a possibility. We don't do. He had to do so much for this episode. He did. He had he to dance. Dick off. He had to fight. He had yeah. to act. Crazy. It is like, crazy. He did a lot of work. He, and he did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Like, this is great. Yeah. I don't know like what yeah, else credit to say. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Right. It's not like a deep episode. No, it's not. But it's, it really does There's succeed, no moral though. questions. Yeah. There's no... Yeah. 
But the performances make it great. The cinematography make it great. Like, there's all these other things that it exceeds at more than it has any business doing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to be this good, and I think it's really, really good. Yeah, agreed. Ready to rate it? Duende! <laughs> Eamon, you won the oh, that's catalog right. game. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that, isn't that so? Isn't that so? How many revenge plots would you give this episode? I'm going to give this five revenge plots. Oh, is this your first five? Shit. It might be. I think so. I think I gave Revelation 6 8 a five. Oh, that's right. I think this is a great episode. It's good. Yeah. This is this is one of the best. The the plot's a little weak. It's a little simple. That's kind of my only problem with it. Hmm. I just really like the sword fight's awesome. The dancing's awesome. It's filmed great. The flashback is really good. Yeah. I like Anthony DeLongis. Mm-hmm. The soap opera feel is great. I just love this episode. It was really good. Cool. Kyle, how many destrezas would you give this? Destrezas? I give this four destrezas. In terms of film quality and all of that, it's a five. But to me, it can't hit a perfect Highlander episode without some kind of moral question to really drive it home. So that's like really the only thing this is lacking, but it's otherwise like gold. You know, you'd be hard pressed to see a more entertaining and like visually stimulating episode of Highlander. Keith. How many crippled dancers would you give us? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to give it 4.5. Who? It's great. Uh, like you said, Kyle, it doesn't have the moral question. And that's, I think, like, for me personally, like, my Highlander sensibilities, I would rather have the moral stuff in Highlander than the sword fighting stuff. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, so it's it's kind of missing. I don't know. Like, we've gone back and forth and complained. Like, oh, well, this episode, like, Valkyrie, I gave a 5. But, Eamon, you didn't, and you were like, it doesn't have a sword fight. This is the opposite right. of that, yeah. Yeah. where I'm giving point. it a 4.5, and it does. It has a million sword fights. But, no, it's beautifully shot. Everyone does a great job. Uh, the one who plays Anna is great. All the performances are quite yeah, good. Yeah, she is very good. Yeah, very good. good. Yeah. I like yeah. The, the weapons Duncan has, too. I don't think I talked about that. But, yeah. like, the short sword and the long sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the short one and the long really one. It's really cool. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's always good when they switch up the weapons on the show in general. Like, it just yeah. makes it more interesting. Something new. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, this is a great, great episode and really grand in, in its scope, which is neat. Considering also that the story, it's it's such a grand presentation of a very small personal like family drama, which mm. is neat. Cool, cool, cool. Four point five. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for watching. Nope. Thanks everybody for listening to this week's episode. Um, if you have something to say, make sure to write us at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com and we will hopefully read your email on air. And if you really want to make sure it gets moved to the front of the queue, become a Patreon member. We read those all the time. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Give us, Give us five, g- the same amount of stars that Eamon gave this episode. That's right. Five, five stars. Five. Cinco. Cinco stars. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook discussion group, Highlander Rewatched Discuss. That's right. It's run by superfan Paul H. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we'll peek in from time to time, but it's not moderated by us. If you've got a hot take you want to share, get a discussion going, tell us we're giant assholes, go there and do it. It'll be great. Talk about our giant assholes. That's right. Yeah, enormous. Yikes. (laughs) Cavernous. Zeist. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Join us next week when we're going to be talking about Season 5, Episode 15, the Stone of Schoon. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Duende! Duende.
kitty. <laughs> I will empty all of its kitty litter, and I will watch it poop. <laughs> if you have a hamster, <laughs> oh my god, I will make spooky noises until it has a heart attack. I will put it up Richard Gere's butt. There we go. <laughs> Timely. Uh, <laughs> Timely. <laughs> 